0: what is up we are one week away from the start of the 2022 penn state football season on the road september 1st eight o'clock on fox at purdue one week away it's that time of year It's time to start get the juices flowing, start to get hype because it's here. The preparation begins. Man, I I don't know why, but this team just gets me a little bit more excited than I have been in the past. I haven't been this excited about a team since probably 2017. I know I I I hype it up every year. I know that, you know, I, I know I say that every year could be the year, and for the most part, I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that we have we've had better teams and records would indicate. I think everybody would, would agree with that for the most part. But this team, based on a handful of things that I saw towards the end of last year, and just the, the, the basic things of having an offensive coordinator, for the second straight year under under Yersich and having that for Clifford and not having to worry about learning a new system. Uh having an offensive line that you would think, and I I think it's going to be much improved. It's a bigger offensive line, it's a stronger offensive line, it's a more aggressive offensive line. And that was one of the things that I saw towards the end of last season. Um so that coupled with no outside of Manny Diaz coming in. No, no staff changes. You know, special teams, we got that. Diaz, like I said. So, you know, every everything was pretty consistent in the offseason. And having someone, and I, I said it before, the Manny Diaz hire is one of the more underrated storylines in the college football offseason. Because having, and if you have followed Manny Diaz's career, you know that he's you know he's one of the he's one of the the defense coordinators that are in that that top tier cuz every defense you know he's he hasn't won a national title anywhere i don't i don't know how many first round draft picks or nfl talent he's produced or whatever but if you just look at the numbers it speaks for themselves. and his defenses are always up there in sacks the turnovers and the big plays his defenses are always up there and he's in that, that that top tier of defensive coordinators. He might not get the recognition that he deserves at times because the, the teams overall aren't great, but you look at his defenses, and yes, they're super aggressive, and I think you're gonna see a lot of that, and I think it's gonna be fantastic. Can't wait for that, but having someone like Manny Diaz, who just was a head coach, having that, that head coach mindset, and not, you know, for Franklin's standpoint, Maybe not having to worry about maybe not having to worry about certain things that he might with other other coaches. Because Diaz has that head coach background and he was just a head coach. So I think that helps as well. That's a significant thing to that to have on your defense and have on your team in general. So, you know, Franklin's got the, the contract taken care of and everything like that. So I, I think I think this team has has the potential. And I'll go through I'll go through my my, my projected starting lineups on both sides of the ball and special teams. I'll get into that. We just we have the depth, we have the talent, and I I think that those things coupled with the Mike Yurcich offense and what I know that his his offense can do, what Manny Diaz's defense can do, um Clifford being more confident this year and knock on wood staying healthy this year. Yes, this team can this team can go places. We got a pretty pretty tough schedule to start, and we got some important games in the beginning, but I think this team has has the chance to go far. Um agenda for today. I'm gonna rank the schedule 12 to 1 with um my thoughts on our, our weakest opponents, easiest games, if you will all the way down to our, our toughest games. Like I said, I'm going to go ahead and predict the starting lineup, offense, defense, special teams, give you a little bit of, of, of insight, opinions on, on that on that starting lineup. And then, obviously, we'll finish with a Purdue prediction for, for next week. Um, I'm not going to do an episode next week. Going to s- strictly stay focused. Got some work to do, but stay focused on that. And then we'll bounce back maybe Friday or the following week to talk, about, to talk about the game. And then we'll get it going for, obviously, the college football season as well, um, heading into the, that that opening weekend. Um, and I'll do some stat predictions today as well. But housekeeping notes. These are the slants. I'm your host, Steven. I appreciate the support as always. Go follow me on Twitter. I'm at Steven underscore Springs. Go follow the slants on Twitter as well, which is at the slants. Go follow my co-host of the We Got Next podcast, Christian Hayes. Shout out to Christian. Go follow him on Twitter, at shifty. Go follow the We Guy Next podcast, which is at we underscore guy next. Like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. All right, so ranking the opponents, 12 to 1. 12 being the easiest, um, weakest opponent, and one being the hardest. Number 12, I have the Ohio Bobcats. They Last year, statistically, they were one of the worst teams in college football. They were in the bottom third of, of, of the country in pretty much everything. I think they'll be slightly better. It's always tough to be that bad. You know, it's always tough to be that bad. If you're at the bottom, it's always tough to be as bad as you were the year before. Now, some teams can pull that off, but I think Ohio will be better. Um, so I got them, but I got them number 12. And it's been 10 years since their, their monumental upset of us in, in 2012. I, that That's not happening. So I got them number 12. Number 11, Rutgers. I don't need to say much about that. Number 10, Central Michigan. Central Michigan has one of the better running backs in the country, so that could present some problems. But you shut them out on on the ground. They had nothing in the air, so I got them number 10. Number 9, Northwestern. Number 9 and number 8. I have Northwestern, number 9. Indiana, number 8. Both those teams, year in and year out, you don't know what you're going to get. Northwestern was shit last year. They were 3 and 9 Indiana, I mean, they've gone downhill ever since beating Penn State, really week one in in 2020. You know, they had some they had some ups, and then they just started falling. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. got hurt, and that was kind of the end of it. And you haven't heard from them since. But on any given year, either one of those teams can go eight and four, nine and three, and surprise everybody, and have those one of those you know those those wins every year that people are like, how how the hell did that happen? In Indiana this year on the road. I don't know why, but Bloomington always gives Penn State problems. It's probably gonna be one of those random noon games. Uh, those are annoying, but um, I, I, I don't think either one of those teams is gonna be a, a player in um, in the conference. So number nine, Northwestern. Number eight, Indiana. Number seven, Michigan State. This is one of those those. Um, this is one of those years for Michigan State and Mel Tucker. Where it's like, okay, you guys had a great season last year great season last year. Um you ranked in the top 10, had a great team. Let's see what, you know, it's I'm not going to call it a bounce back a year. Could bounce back a year would, would be the kind of what Penn State would have this year. You know, it's just it's a prove it year. It's a continuous prove it year for Michigan State. That game is at home and the season Land grand trophy. Um I, I think I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year. I still think they'll be in like that 8 to 9 yeah, 8 to 9 win range, so but tucker has got those guys you know, he's got them on the rise still. So I got him at number seven. Number six, Purdue. It's on the road, Thursday game, eight o'clock, you know, Purdue on the road at night, always gives teams troubles, ranked teams troubles, I should say. It gives ranked teams troubles. So maybe us not being ranked is a sign, is, is a good thing for us. But again, Thursday night game, you know, different preparation for it and everything like that. I don't think Purdue is as good as people want to think. Um, I I just don't think they're there yet. I think last year was a really good season for them, step in the right direction, but I don't think that they're there. Um, So I got them at number six. Number five, Minnesota. Um, Minnesota's a tricky team, and they've had Penn State's number recently. Um, It seems like every time Penn State, you know, over, over the years has started to get hot and gain some momentum, Minnesota comes up, and you know, things things fall apart. Happened in 2018, happened in 99, but uh, again, much like Purdue, I don't think in, I don't think uh, Minnesota is going to be that good. But obviously, we shall see. That game's at home. It's a night game. It's homecoming. It's sandwiched between uh, Michigan and Ohio State, so it could be one of those sleeper type of games. Um, but but I like I like our chances. Obviously, again, night game, homecoming. Um, yeah, they're not going to row the boat and State College. Number four, Maryland. Maryland, I don't think, is a sleeper team in the Big Ten because they have a ton of talent. They got some guys coming back from injuries. And until um, you attack of Iloa, I think we know what he can do. Their offense, and their entire team last year was so sporadic in terms of the highs and the lows that they would have. They won their bowl game, you know, finished good, but it's, it's, it's all about the consistency. It's all about the consistency and Mike Loxley, you know he's again he's much like Mel Tucker. He's got those guys on the rise. But is it quite their time yet? That game is at home. It's in State College. Um, I, I just, I don't, I don't think they're quite there yet. I don't think they're, I don't think they're quite there yet. But they, they can score points like like no other, and they proved that last year. But they also give up a shit ton of points like no other. So one of those things has got to give and one of those things has got has got to you know improve obviously you hope it's the defense that doesn't give up as many points and you can score more points um you take some of those points off the board and your defense gets off the field get your offense back on the field so i think maryland's gonna be better this year but not quite there yet they're still missing a few pieces number three michigan on the road that game could be number three on the list could be number six on the list i think it depends on I don't think Michigan's going to be as good as they were last year, but I think they're still going to be a really good team. I think they'll be around that 9-10 win range, but they're missing, obviously, those significant pieces that they lost in the draft last year. Um, they do have some dogs in that team. You just never know with Michigan. You know? You, you, you just you just never know. Made the playoffs last year, got routed by Georgia, but so did everybody else. Um, but I think I think they're still going to be up there, but I don't think they'll be as as elite as they were last year, and I, I think they'll be in that 9-10 to 10 win range. Also, this game depends on what time it is. If it's a noon game, I think I think I'll probably think differently of it. If it's a one of those one of those late starts or a three thirty game, you know, more so a night game than anything, could be a little bit different. Um, Penn State should be five no heading to that game as well. So a lot of factors in that one, but um, again, I don't think mission's going to be as great as they were last year. Still think they're going to be a, a force in the East. Number two might be a little. A little, um, little out there. But number two, I have Ohio State. Reason why they're number two, I'll get to that. But we've played Ohio State. We know this team. We know what they're capable of. We played them well last year in Columbus at night with a banged up Clifford, our team that was, you know, starting to go downhill very quickly. So we know what this team is capable of. The defense, however, is the story. If that defense can match how great their offense is, they're going to run away with everything. But is their defense there yet? And, and I've said before, the reason why I think we can beat them and why I think we'll probably, probably be one of, if not the best teams that they play all season, is because of our secondary. And I think we're going to have one of the best secondaries, if not the best secondary in the country, and we can match up very, very, very well with that with those receivers. And it's not like if you take away one of those guys, you know, that's it. They have... Two or three guys that that can step up, but so do we in the secondary. You know, so do we. So I think I think that I think that favors us. And this could be a noon game, could be a four o'clock game. I don't, it's, it's not going to be a night game because it's on Fox. I, I, I I'm almost positive. Um, so it's either going to be a noon game or four o'clock game. So that that might also play a factor into it. But again, we played this team well last year, and it was like three plays that decided that game much like Michigan it it was just like a couple plays here and there that don't usually happen like a 60 plus yard scoop and score by a 300 pound plus defensive lineman that doesn't always happen um so I say Ohio State's number two because we know them we played them we played this exact team basically last year so if their if their defense can match the greatness of their offense it's going to be tough but again, I think our secondary matches up significantly better than everybody else in the country when it comes to those receivers. Number one, Auburn. Reason why I say that is they played us well last year at home, and I expected to be a coin flip game down there. Reason why I said that though is because it's 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 going to be hot. It's a 3:30 game. It's the third game of the season, and we, we just we just haven't played in those environments. You know, this team has not played in those environments. We have played in Columbus at night. You know, we played in Ann Arbor. But it's just, it's totally different down there. With the heat, um, the travel and everything, I think it's just going to be a different environment. But, but, I think we're better than, we're, we're better than them this year. I think we're much more better than them this year than we were last year. And I thought we were better than them last year. I know they have Tank Bixby. I know they have some 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 top NFL prospects on defense. But but like I just said, you know, at the start, I think this Penn State team is I don't think we'll be favored in every game this season. I think obviously there's going to be a couple games that might be a coin flip and Ohio State will probably we won't be favored in that game, I don't think. But I think heading down to Auburn, especially we are 2-0 and we look at against Purdue, I think will be favored. It's just that environment that the, the, the heat you can't, you can't prepare for that. You can't practice for it. It's just different. And it's just, it's just going to be different. And it was different for Auburn coming up here last year. It's the same thing. So I just think for, for those reasons, I got them number one, but you can easily put I mean, You could shit. You could probably put Ohio State number one, Michigan number two and Auburn number three, just because those two are big 10 games. Those two games will likely decide the, the East division. But I just think Auburn on the road, it's, that, that's tough. That's tough. So there we go. Ohio, Rutgers, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Indiana, Michigan State, Purdue, Minnesota, Maryland, Michigan, Ohio State, Auburn. 12-1. to All right. So heading over to starting lineups, both sides of the ball. I'll give you the starting lineups, and I'll give you a little bit of background and some thoughts on on those guys and those position groups. Starting with the big guys up front, and I do mean the big guys. Left to right, left tackle. Olu Fashanu, left tackle. Left, left guard, Landon Tangwall. Center, Juice Scruggs. Right guard, Sal Wormley. Right tackle, Caden Wallace. Now, I think that this starting lineup has been solidified for pretty much the entire offseason. Uh, there was, there's was, there been conversation about the right guard with Sal Wormley and um, Hunter Norzad coming in from Cornell. Uh, Wormley was projected to be the guy last year, but got hurt. But everything that his teammates have said about him is that this is what they thought going into last year. Then if, if he's healthy, and he, then he's going to be that dude. So but I think that's going to be a position battle. I think you'll see Norzad in there early in the season. Like some of the other position battles, I think you'll see him in there. But I think Olu, Tangwall, Drew Scruggs, and Kaden Wallace, those guys have been locked in. And that left side, Olu and Tangwall, those are the guys, along with Drew Scruggs at times, those are the guys that I saw who kind of made me get a little bit more hyped than, than I would be with normal offensive lines. I think their aggressiveness, their physicality, their size, you know, Olu obviously... In that bowl game, he looked like an All-American left tackle. Didn't give up one quarterback hurry. Um, now, can he do that consistently over 12 games? If he can, shit, we haven't had a dominant left tackle. Think about this. We haven't had a dominant left tackle since Levi Brown back in 2005, 2006. And Brown was a top 10 pick. Now, can Olu be Levi Brown? Sure, Absolutely. And we've had some guys that, come, that have come along, and we thought that they might be that that next great left tackle. I think we thought that about Rashida Walker. I think Donovan Smith was, you know, was was there, but it's just the consistency factor that we haven't had. We've had some, we've had some, we've had some good talents so there. We've we've had some good athletes there, but not a lot of consistency. So I think that's 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 something that that needs to happen, I and mean, that's across the offensive line, obviously the the. The entirety of it. Um, Tangwall, I mean, not too often you have a 6'6", 330-plus-pound offensive guard. So I think that's the size of these guys. Juice Scruggs was the heaviest interior offensive lineman last year at 310 pounds. He's now the lightest. I think he's 3'10", 3'15", but Wormley's over 310 pounds. And Tangwall, like, like I just said, is 330-plus pounds. And Caden Wallace, yeah, we, we know what he can do. He's refining some things in the offseason and so it's just a matter of him developing again another year, taking that next step another year and matching and then duplicating and even getting better at, at the production he had last year. Uh, receivers. Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, Country Lambert Smith. I think that's an easy one. I think the tight ends are easy ones with Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, Brenton Strange. I't I, I don't think necessarily if you see one of those tight ends come out at you know first game of the season against Purdue, I wouldn't put too much stock into that person being a starter, but I think there's going to be that rotation. And I think I think Theo Johnson has the most potential of that group. So I'd like to see him pop up. Because I think he gives us a better opportunity to have more production there. But I think all those guys can provide provide what we need. Um, Parker Washington, Tinsley, Keonjo Lambert-Smith. Again, I think that's been penciled in for a while now. And the receiver position it's one of those groups that we can go five or six deep. There's there's depth there. Not a lot of experience and production at that depth, but I think it it's there. So I think it's going to be used. Obviously, you're not. We're not going to just you know play four receivers. I think, but I I think we'll we'll see, you know, three maybe four other guys come in there. Um, you know, a, a, on a pretty constant rotation. But I I love our starting. I love our starting three wide receivers. Especially with the addition of Mitchell Tinsley. It'd be a little bit different if we didn't have him and we were going with Parker Washington, Lambert Smith, and you know, a mix of two or three other guys. I think it'd be totally different. But since we have Mitchell Tinsley, I think that just enhances everything for this entire offense. And then running backs. This is this is another another group that I think those first Two or three games of the season, you you might have. So I, I think it's going to be Kevon Lee that starts against Purdue, but you might have stretches where Kevon Lee gets you know gets a couple drives, and then Devin Ford, and then you know Nick Singleton, and Ktron Allen, and then they'll just kind of keep going. And then you know the hot hand thing. Whoever whoever can can get those first downs and pick up those yardage and maybe maybe break a couple big ones. I think those guys will you'll start to see those guys obviously more and more, um, but. I do think with the with the running backs, and this kind of leads me into some offensive predictions. My hot take, my bold prediction for this year for the running backs, just the running backs, not Clifford included, not you know receiver you know, jet sweeps or anything like that, or Tyler Warren running the wildcat or anything like that. Just the running backs. I think they go over two thousand yards collectively. I don't. I don't know if anyone's going to have thousand yards. But I think collectively they'll go over 2,000 yards, and then you throw in however many yards other, you know, from Clifford and so on and so forth. So that's my bold prediction. Um, another one, I don't know if it's bold, and I've kind of gone back and forth on this. Um, Parker Washington, and Mitchell Tinsley, bold prediction for them both have over a thousand yards. I I don't see that happening. That's why it's a bold prediction. Don't see it happening because we can go deeper than expected but I think it'll be close. Either they both go over a thousand yards or no one has a thousand yards, but we have, you know, five or six guys who have, you know, a, a good number of receptions and yards and, you know, touchdowns. I think those guys will get a majority of the touchdowns as will the tight ends. But I think it could be one of those things. Where we go five, six deep at receiver, and we got a whole bunch of guys who have a good amount of receptions and yards. So it's, I think it's gonna go either. It, there's no. There's no middle ground. I think it's either both those guys, or at least one of them, have over a thousand yards. Maybe. Maybe a little bit more than that. Um, or you know they don't, and we have a lot of guys who have a good amount of yards. Clifford, prediction. Thirty-seven plus hundred yards, thirty-eight touchdowns, seven picks. I think that's not crazy to think. If. If our. Offensive line, again and again and again. If our offensive line, can step up. We have a ton of talent. We have more talent than probably Franklin has had on a Penn State team, more consistent talent than he's had on a Penn State team, you know, dating back to his first season. Um, so, yes, I think this offense can be super explosive. I think Clifford, over 3,700 yards, 38 TDs, seven picks. So, again, left to right, Olufoshanu, Landon Tangwall, Drew Scruggs, Sal Wormley, Caden Wallace. Clifford behind them, Kevon Lee behind him. Parker Washington, Mitchell Tinsley, Kanjai Lambert-Smith, his left and right, and Theo Johnson, Tyler Warren, and Bretton Strange at at the tight end spots. Flipping over to the Manny Diaz defense. um, The front four, I love our defensive line. The more and more I look at it, the more and more I've seen the footage and and people talking about it, the more and more I'm getting excited. This might be my favorite position group on the team because I don't know what the expectations are. I think they're high, but I think this group is going to Exceed expectations and have a fucking baller season. Chop Robinson, PJ Mustipher, Akeem Beeman, Adisa Isaac. Now the the two end spots with Chop Robinson and Adisa Isaac. Um, I think I think Adisa Isaac is is locked in, but I think Chop Robinson, um, Nick Tarburton, Deni Dennis Sutton. Uh, there's going to be a lot of guys in that rotation. You're going to see some great duos in there coming off the edges. Akeem Beeman. Getting a lot of love this offseason. Everyone's kind of um they're really they're really on him and really high on him heading into this year, kinda as they were as they were last year. He sat out for undisclosed reason. Um, but it looks like he's ready to go and getting a lot of praise in the offseason. So I think he'll get the nod. Um if not, there's you know, there's a handful of other guys that, you know, in PJ Mustafa's absence last year showed out and kind of kept things going, if you will. Um I think a guy like Devon Ellis is someone to keep an eye on. I think he can get in there a lot. I think Kazai Izzard is another guy. He played very well last year. Um, so I think there's, you know, if, if if Hakeem Beeman isn't the starter, he'll definitely be in the rotation. Zane Durant, true freshman coming in. You don't usually get true freshman as significant playing time on the defensive line, but I think he's going to be in there. Um, uh, P.J. Mustapha, obviously, he's the, the leader of the entire defense, and you know, obviously specifically that defensive line group. Um, but we have a ton of talent there, and we had, we got some good depth there. We got some guys who, I think the 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 PJ injury obviously it wasn't great, and it really set us back. But I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise for a lot of other players to get in there and get get good playing time. You know, whereas maybe if, if Mustafer was playing, they would have gotten fifty snaps, but you know, or twenty snaps. But instead, they got fifty snaps. So. I think, yes, his injury sucked, but I think there were some guys in there that wouldn't have really played a lot otherwise. So those guys getting in there, the Kazai Isard of the world, you know, got good playing time and, and really kind of held their own, uh, especially towards the end of the season. Linebackers, Curtis Jacobs, Tyler Elson, and uh, Jonathan Sutherland. I think I picked Eldon just because I heard James Franklin say that he's a little bit ahead, but both those guys are going to play – Week one, week two, week three, and Franklin, you know, kind of alluded to the fact that they're, they're hoping one of those early games that someone might break away. But they're gonna, both those guys, um, Kobe King and Tyler Elston, are going to be playing a lot in those those first couple games. Um, I love I love the talent we have at linebacker. We got some we got some depth in there, but not a lot of experience. So they're gonna lean on guys like Curtis Jacobs and Jonathan Sutherland to really, really carry it. And I think they're up for it. But if we're, if we're pointing to a weakness, and I said this before, linebackers are a weakness right now, they might not be a month in the season. And I love, I think especially with Manny Diaz being the, the linebackers coach. And having that head coach mentality, not only being the defense coordinator, but being the, the linebackers coach, I think that helps those young guys and inexperienced guys tremendously, more than we can kind of probably put into words. Um, so I think that linebacker group, while at the start of the season it might be a weakness, because you haven't heard of, you know a lot of these guys, I think a month or so into the season, it's not going to be so much of a weakness. Secondary, man, I'm excited about this group. I think I again say it before, say it again until they prove me otherwise. I think it's going to be the best secondary in the country. I think we have so much talent back there, so much experience, and three guys who can A, be All-Americans, and B, have NFL potential. Um, Corners, we got Joey Porter Jr., and we got Kalen King. We know what Joey Joey Porter Jr. can do. Got to limit the penalties, and everyone everyone has mentioned that and signed off on that. That was a problem in the second half of the season. But they don't want him to stop being aggressive, which is what which is what made him a potential first-round pick. And he's still there. Right? Still there. He's still he's still that guy. And if he can limit the, the penalties and still be aggressive, yes, he will absolutely be a, a first-round pick. Uh, opposite of him, Kalen King came in last spring with a ton of potential, a ton of hype. He was on the preseason freshman All-American list. And there were times in the, during the season where, yeah, he looked he looked really good. But there were also times that he looked like a true freshman. So if he can build off that, learn from someone like Joey Porter Jr. Just learn from the other DBs in the group. He's got great coaches in there, Terry Smith, Anthony Pondexter, two of the better secondary coaches in the country. Um, yeah, he should have a phenomenal season as well. Safety, just keep it going. Jair Brown, another, another All-American, led the country in interceptions last year, another NFL potential guy. Um, you know, played in the shadow of Jaquan Brisker last year. It's it's his it's his secondary, his time to shine this year. Next to him, competition between Key Wheatley, Jalen Reed, you can throw Keaton Nelson there. Uh, I think it's gonna be Key Wheatley. But I think you'll see, you know, you'll see that rotation, especially when we go into nickel packages. You'll see Keaton Ellis and Jalen Reed in there. So I think, yes, you'll you'll see a lot of rotation guys, but I think the start, the quote unquote starter, I think is gonna be Zaki Wheatley. The Takeaway King from the spring, apparently he's continued that on into fall camp. Um DB, let's go back to that real quick. I think there's there's a couple names to keep an eye on. We saw Daquan Hardy a good bit last year. He had a pick six pick six against Michigan State. But I think he's going to be another guy in that in that too deep who who gets a lot more playing time than maybe expected. You got someone like Johnny Dixon, you know, came in from South Carolina last year, first year in the system, learning the defense. But he's had a tremendous tremendous off season, and he has gotten. He's one of the few names that you hear, you know, pretty consistently from. You know, winter workouts up until up until now. So I'm excited to see what he can do. He's gonna be another guy that's gonna be leaned out when Kalen King goes out or Joey Porter Jr. goes out. He's gonna be another guy that gets in there and that too deep to step in and and just keep the momentum going. Cam Miller, true freshman, Marquise Wilson. He's having a good offseason, strictly being a DB now. Uh, Christian Driver, um, another another true freshman that's in there. I don't know where he'll fit in, but it's just added depth and added talent to that to that group. Um, So our DBs, man, shit. this is gonna be the best DB group in the country, and we have loaded potential in that group. And Terry Smith, Pondexter have have, have mentioned that he, you know could be one of the more talented secondaries that Penn State's had in a very, very, very long time. So, um, defense: Chop Robinson, PJ Mustipher, Akeem Beeman, Adisa Isaac, Curtis Jacobs, Kyler Elton, Jonathan Sutherland, Joey Porter Jr., Zaki Wheatley, Jair Brown, Kalen King. Starting eleven on, on defense. I think this is going to be one of those defenses that, um, people are maybe sleeping on to start, but I think this defense will be one of the top ten, top five defenses in the country as the season goes along. Mark my words: this Manny Diaz defense is aggressive, and we have a lot of guys on this team who their their tape would suggest that just ready to go. You got some guys coming back from injuries, ready to go. Got some, got some hungry. Hungry guys who maybe sat out last year, or true freshmen coming in, transfer guys coming in, ready to go. So, I think I think they're going to light it up, and I'm very excited about this defense. Special teams can't can't go can't go into the season without mentioning the special teams, right? Um, punter, Barney Moore, um, Alex Pachetta, Gabriel and Wusu battle. Uh, apparently, Barney Moore has a leg up, no pun intended. But I I think it's going to be we'll see we'll see what these guys can can do in in game action um also I mentioned this before what's your coverage team's like you know, that's a obviously a significant factor of this if those guys are struggling or you know not having as great punts as they would like or whatever, what is your what is your coverage team like so I think we'll see uh, those guys those three guys go in and out um, the first four games of the season much like some of the other position battles and then hopefully one guy can take it and, and run with it. Kicker, I think it's going to be Jake Pinniger. I think he's going to handle everything. Um, kickoffs and, and and field goals, I think we're kind of locked in on that one. Um, the other battle to watch as the season goes on, and unfortunately we've seen this be a need in, in years past with Clifford and his his injuries, is the backup quarterback situation. Christian Veyu seems to have the number two lockdown. Jewel Ar and Bo Perpula battling out for the third spot. Jewel Ar seems to be kind of coming up rising up a little bit to the occasion and as camp has gone on where it is that he's getting significantly better than what he was in the spring which you love to hear especially for the hype that he had coming in so god forbid clifford goes down again i think they'll go to value, but these reps right now and the reps going into practice at end of the season man those are so crucial not just for these guys this year like i said in the event clifford does get hurt but going forward, obviously there's going to be a quarterback battle next year, which we haven't had for a long time. It's been a while since Penn, since Penn State has had a quarterback battle. But we'll probably have that next year. Um, so that's another thing just to keep an eye on and kind of just pay attention to as the season's going on. Um, so we'll 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 leave out of that and pick it up if we need to as the, as the season goes along. All right. Now I know and now it's time for what everyone wants to hear. Um, prediction for next week. I'm going to go good guys, 42, Purdue, 16. I think first game of the season, got some of those jitters, sluggish start, Maybe a couple three-and-outs, but I think this offense starts to take off. And I think, um, I don't think the first game of the season is going to tell us everything we need to know, obviously, but I think we'll know a lot. If we come away from this game you know, 27-24, 27-21 type of deal, and we look sluggish, and we're making those mistakes, and, you know, we're not picking up first downs we need to, and the offensive line is still struggling, then, yeah, yikes, it could be could be tough. But if we put up, you know, 42-16 to 16, like, I, like I predict, and Clifford looks comfortable and looks confident, and the offensive line is opening up holes, and it's, you know, third and two, and we're not passing the ball, and we're running the ball and picking up, you know, six yards, and we, we can we can run the ball on first down and set up the pass game with it. You know, and our defense looks like a, I think it should, and like it will. Yeah, I'm going to be even more hyped than I am today. So bear with me. Um, I'm very excited about this team, guys. Very excited about this team. And I know I was excited about the team last year, but I just think this year, the pieces we have the the offseason that we had some of the some of the moves we made coordinator wise, transfer wise there's like there's there's no reason, no reason why this team can't win 10 or 11 games and be right there in the in the conversation not just for the Big 10 but the playoffs at the end of the season. Like we we are and we we've, we've been right there for a while. You know, since 2016-2017 We've been right there. And I know we've had some 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 off seasons. And last year, there was so much going on with injuries and off the field stuff and drama and, and whatnot that it just derailed our entire season. But we are right there. We are right there. And with the recruiting classes that we have, you know, that we have for 2022 and now building for 2023 and then beyond, this season is so important and just and so many other different reasons as well. But I'm so... I'm so fucking excited about this team I think this team is going to ball out I think we're going to be there in the end And I hope everyone just jumps on the bandwagon now If you haven't already Um, Let's do it Why not, right? Hashtag why not us Um, I appreciate the support as always guys Looking forward to it One week from tonight We better be up 24-0 by the time The first quarter is over, I hope But we'll see One game at a time Let's do it Let's have a good season Always remember, we are